Well, good morning and welcome to Front Range. Whether you're joining us online or here in the room, we're so glad that you guys are with us today. My name is Brandon Yates. I'm the student pastor here. Um, and like I said, we're just glad that you are here. Uh, we are a church that desires to help people build community, discover their purpose, and grow in their faith in Jesus. And uh, so, yeah, it's great to see you. I didn't know about the snow. I woke up this morning. I knew it was going to be cold. I didn't know it was supposed to snow, uh, so I did not dress appropriate. So I'm glad that I get to be inside with y'all today. Uh, hey, before we dive into the message today, uh, I just want to let you know about a couple things that we have coming up here at Front Range. Everything that we're going to talk about uh, as far as announcements or what Pastor Johnny talked about, you can find in the QR code in your worship guide. So uh, if you're at the end of this like, where was I supposed to go? Just scan the QR code. It'll tell you where to go and what to do and all that kind of stuff. Um, everybody say next Sunday. Next Sunday, we have Next Steps coming up. This is an awesome opportunity. If you are newer to the church, maybe this is your first time with us, second time, or maybe you've been coming for a while and you've just never gone, uh, this is a great place to find out who we are as a church, a little bit about our past and where we're going. It's a great opportunity to meet some of the staff. And uh, we're going to have dinner. We're going to have child care. So we would love for you to be there. Uh, but because we have those two things, it would be great if you could register. That way we can make sure we plan accordingly. And then coming up on on February 16th and 17th. I'm super pumped for this. We have Winter Weekend, which is our winter retreat for 6th through 12th grade. So if you are a student in this place or you know a student, get them signed up for this event. Now, some of you parents are already thinking like, hey, those dates, that's a Thursday and Friday. You are correct, it is. Um, but we're gonna be hanging out on Thursday night and then Friday, students don't have school. So we're gonna hang out, it's gonna be a blast. We've rented out the ice skating rink. We're gonna do a whole bunch of other fun stuff. We're gonna worship, we're gonna pursue Jesus. And so if you are a student or you know a student, we would love for them to sign up for this as well. So for the past few weeks, we've been in this series called Exodus, where we've been talking about the book of Exodus, right? There's no shock there. We're not like clickbaiting or anything. We're just going over the story of Exodus and looking at the encounters between God and Moses and the Israelite people. And so we're going to kind of continue this series today. And we've been saying throughout the series, we've kind of had this statement that we've partnered with it. And it's this, that you can't fully grasp the depth of God's faithfulness without an understanding of the Exodus story. The book of Exodus is often overlooked, but it's such a vital part and such an important part to our faith and scripture as a whole. And we know that this series has been impactful to so many of you, myself included. And so if you've missed any of the weeks, um, go to our website. We have all the series. We have something called a series hub with a bunch of different resources and stuff. And so uh, go watch them. Watch them again and again. Um, I know I'll be watching them. It's, it's, it's good stuff and we love it. So uh, last week, Pastor Ernest preached and he brought this word and he talked about this idea of how God reveals his promises, how he reveals his purposes, and how he reveals himself. And we saw this encounter between Moses and God at a burning bush. And it was, it was wild. I don't know about you, I've never experienced anything like that. It would be cool. It would probably scare me really bad, but it would be really cool. Where Moses has this encounter with God, right? And God tells Moses, he says, hey, I need you to go to Pharaoh and I need you to deliver a message. Now, when I read scripture, I, I play those scriptures uh, in my head through past experiences, through my childhood. And so when I read that, that God called Moses to go before Pharaoh and to deliver a message, I imagine it kind of went like this. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, 
Oh, baby, let my people go. Uh. Any, anyone else have a good childhood and sing that song in kids' ministry? There's like four of us in the room that know that song. The rest of you are like, that guy's crazy. Don't listen to him. Okay, the four of us who know that song, we had a great childhood. The rest of you will pray for you. Google it. There's a whole dance. Uh, you can really get into it. Flannel graphs, that was my childhood. That's how I read scripture. And so for a while, Moses has this argument with God and God says, hey, no, you're gonna go before Pharaoh. You're gonna deliver this message and something wild is going to happen. Moses finally obeys it. He goes to Moses, he delivers this message and uh, uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh just responds and he accepts it and he's like, that's a great idea. We'll just let everyone go. No, that's not what he does. He gets super mad, right? Like he gets super mad, kicks, kicks Moses out, and he gets so mad that he takes the Israelite people who have been slaves in Egypt for 400 years and he makes their work even harder than it already is. It gets worse and worse and worse, all because Moses chose to obey God and take him at his word. You might be thinking, hold on a second. What's going on here? Like, didn't God speak to Moses? Didn't God go to Moses and say, hey, obey me and do these things and crazy stuff will happen? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. But as we look at the story, we realize freedom isn't coming. And not only is freedom not coming to the Israelite people, but oppression is actually getting worse. Things are actually getting worse for the Israelite people because Moses chose to obey God. So what's God doing here? What is, how, how is he actually moving? Is he actually going to do anything here? And I don't know if you've ever been there before, but I've found myself in that place wondering, God, are you actually going to do anything? Or God, did I actually hear you right? Before we dive in, let's pray. Jesus, we just come before you, and God, we thank you that you are good. God, we thank you that you are faithful. God, we thank you that even in this bitter cold, you show up and speak to us. So God, would we allow distractions to be removed? God, would our hearts and minds and ears be open and ready to receive from you? We give you the next few moments, and we ask that you would speak in Jesus' name. Amen. So I remember when I was nine years old, okay? When I was nine years old, a long time ago, there was one thing I desperately wanted. One thing that I asked my parents for all the time, and that was a mini dirt bike. Anybody else in here want a mini dirt bike? Did any of you have a mini dirt bike growing up? Okay, get out. That's not okay. I'm still upset, okay? It's not okay. I remember, I wanted this dirt bike. I don't know why I wanted this dirt bike. I used to watch this show called Chips, and in one of the episodes, yeah, some of y'all are the real ones. You know what's up. One of the episodes, there was a kid riding a mini dirt bike through the desert. Something terrible happened to him, but he had a sweet dirt bike. And I wanted it. And so I'd go to my parents almost every single day and I'd say, Mom and Dad, can I have a mini dirt bike? I want a mini dirt bike. Please give me a mini dirt bike. And they'd always say the same exact thing. No, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. Do you know how devastating that can be to a nine-year-old who doesn't understand money? No, you can't have one. That's just what I grew up with. No, until one day my luck would change. Everything would change for me. See, we got in the car, we were heading to my grandparents' house for, I don't know why, we were just going, I was sitting in the back of the van like any good nine-year-old does, and I was looking out the window and we come to this stoplight, 
or the stop sign. And there's this driveway. And at the bottom of the driveway, in all its glory, is this beautiful mini dirt bike with a sign on it. And it said, free. <laughs> free. There's nothing sweeter and instantly I yell at the top of my lungs and I'm like, there it is, mom and dad, please, can I have it? It's free. It's free. And they say, maybe. If it's there when we get home, maybe. Again, I don't know if you know this, um, but to a nine-year-old, the phrase maybe is an unbreakable promise, signed, sealed, and delivered. Like that is a yes and amen to a nine-year-old. And that's how I took it. And so I started planning all day. I was so excited, thinking about the adventures I would go on, how I'd be the coolest homeschool kid on the street. Like, it was going to be awesome. It was great. So we leave my grandparents' house, and we start driving home. And we come around the corner, and there it is at the bottom of the driveway with that beautiful sign sitting on it still that just said, free. Now, as a nine-year-old, I don't think about why the dirt bike is free. I just want it. And so I say, Mom and Dad, it's still there. Can we get it? And they say, no. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I'm still in counseling because of it. But I had an appointment on Thursday. <laughs> right? It's a, it's a funny story, but I think many of us are in this place. Many of us are in this place where maybe we feel like we're living in the midst of a broken promise. Or maybe we've misinterpreted a maybe as a broken promise promise. I believe that we've all felt that to some extent. We've all felt that with people, and we've all felt it with God. We've all felt like he's not holding up to his end of the deal, and maybe you're here today, and you're thinking, hey, Brandon, that's, that's a cute story about a, a little broken maybe, but I'm going through some real stuff. I'm here today and I'm in desperate need of peace and I'm not feeling peace. Maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you're, I, I desperately am alone and I need God to show up. I need his presence and I'm not feeling it. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, man, my finances are a wreck. And I, I think the Bible says that God will provide. So what, what's going on here? What's actually happening? And many of us find ourselves here. Many of us have friends and family members in this same place where we're asking, are, <clears throat> are the promises of God ever going to show up in my life? Are the promises of God even true? And oftentimes we have that struggle. And oftentimes we ask that question, is God ever going to do anything? And we do it without turning to Scripture. We do it without seeking out wisdom. We do it without inviting the community that we've built to help speak into our lives and help us discern. And so we struggle with this question way longer than we should because we try to figure it out on our, on our own. And instead of inviting community to, to help us discern it, we're, we're left to kind of this internal battle of is God actually going to show up? So we're going to pick up this story in Acts chapter 5, and, and this, is, this is kind of Moses coming back to God. And this is how it starts in, uh, Moses, or in Exodus chapter 5, verse 22. It says, then Moses went back to the Lord and protested, why have you brought all this trouble on your own people, Lord? Why did you send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh as your spokesperson, he has been even more brutal to your people, and you have done nothing to rescue them. 
See, Moses finds himself in this crazy place where he knows that he's heard from God, where he knows that he's heard the promise of God, where he's heard his voice, he's heard him speak, and he's sure of it, and he obeys God, and yet the circumstances don't play out like he thinks they should. The circumstances, the, the, the yes and amen isn't operating, isn't acting how it should. And again, I think all of us here today at some level could say, yeah, I've been there. Or you know what, I'm there right now. So how do we trust and believe God when our circumstances don't line up with what he's saying? How do we trust God in the midst of that? The first thing is that we have to be real with God. We have to be real with God. See, we live in a world today um, just inundated with social media. Like some of us, we're on social media. We don't even know we're on social media. Others of us, we're, we're addicted to it and we're on social media all the time. And in today's world, we love this idea of being real. There's even a social media app called Be Real. It's totally fake, but it's all about being real. We love this idea. Yet we go to social media and what do we do? We highlight all the greatest things we've done. We post the best food at the best places with the best angles and the best filters, right? We, we, we live a life through these lens of filters. And that might not necessarily be a bad thing in and of itself, but what we do is we train to live our lives through these filters. And we train ourselves to go to God through these filters. What we've done is we've shown ourselves and we've proven to ourselves that we can't go to God and be real with where we're at. What if for once we were actually honest with God? What if for once we weren't afraid of what his response back to us is gonna be? Let's go back to that verse, Exodus 5, verse 22. It says, then Moses went back to the Lord and protested. I love that word, protested. It has so much action, it has so much emotion, it has so much just like, oh, God, things aren't okay. And you said it would be. He went back to the Lord and he protested, why have you brought all this trouble on your people, Lord? And why did you send me? Remember, this was the whole argument Moses had with God. He said, send anyone else. Like, don't send me, I don't know how to talk. That was his whole thing. And he says, why are you sending me? And he says, ever since I came to Pharaoh as your spokesman, right, Ever since I came to speak for you, God, he said, Pharaoh's been even more brutal to your people. And then he says this, he says, and you haven't, or and you've done nothing to rescue them. And you have done nothing to rescue them. That's real, that's genuine, that's authentic right there. That's going to God. But Moses didn't just go to God with some like religious tradition he didn't go to God with some formula that he hoped would kind of get the attention of God. He was real with God. You know what Moses also didn't do? Moses didn't like go to the camp of the Israelites and start gossiping about God and be like, can you believe that God told us that he was going to set us free and he didn't? How dare he? He didn't gossip. No, what did he do? He went back to God as real, as authentic, as open and transparent as he could be. See, God wants your authenticity, but he doesn't want your insincerity. God wants your authenticity. He wants you to be real. He wants you to be transparent. He seeks those things out. He's open and willing to receive those things. This is that Moses protested to God. 
And I think that sometimes we've actually trained ourselves to just kind of be like, hey, God, it'd be cool if you did something. What if we were real? What if we were authentic? God can handle it. Moses went back to do business with God. He didn't go back to the desert. He didn't just give up. He didn't hide. He went back to God. He was real with God. So I want to ask you, when was the last time you were real with God? Like heart ripped open, tears on the floor, real with God. And if it's been a while, what circumstance or what pain or what's happening? What have you believed that is causing you to not be able to go back to God real and authentic? Not only can he handle it, he wants it. He wants it. He's desperate for it. And the awesome thing is our God is a good God who gives good gifts to his people. Our God hears us. He knows us. He's not surprised by our emotions. We can't hide our anger or our pain or our fear because he already knows it. It's worthless for us to not be real. We need to be real with God. So how do we trust God? How do we believe God when the circumstances of our lives don't line up with what he says? First, we have to be real with God. Next, we have to be reminded of the promises of God. We have to be reminded of the promises of God. Does anybody else have just a, a horrible time remembering like everything in their lives? Anybody else? Just a few of us are willing to admit that. The rest of you forgot you're bad at it. Um, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm, my memory is terrible. It's clinical at this point. Um, I bought one of those memory foam pillows and it didn't work. <laughs> See? <laughs> Some of you will get that at lunch today and be like, that was good. Right? It's getting so bad that at one point, at some point in my life, I'm going to be able to plan my own surprise party. Like, I promise you, y'all are invited. I won't even know. Okay? That's funny. I had to write those down just because I know my memory is so bad. My memory is bad, and because my memory is bad, it has caused me to, to love technology. Okay? I'm thankful for the time that we live in. Um, I love my iPad. I use it every single day. I love my phone. Use it every single day. It's an iPhone. It's the greatest phone. If you don't have one, then you're just in, you're, you're a mess. You don't remember anything. It's just broken, and I'm sorry. But I, I love technology, okay? Now, between my app, my iPad, and my iPhone, I have 11 different apps to help with my memory, okay? I have 11 different apps. I have apps to help me uh, remember what movies I've watched and what movies I want to watch. I have an app that helps me remember what books I've read and what books I want to read. I have an app that I put in different quotes that I want to remember. I have an app to help me remember the grocery list. I have an app to help me remember the honeydew list. I have an app to help me remember what coffee drinks I like. I, I, I have an app for everything. The, the list of apps could go on and on, okay? And the funny thing about these apps is oftentimes I don't remember what I put in what apps, <laughs> And I just forget it. Well, it's gone because I'm not going to find it. And then I find it written in like a piece of paper at the bottom of my backpack. I'm like, oh, I didn't check that app. Right? Many of us are that same place. Many of us are in this place where, where we need help remembering everything, and yet we can't. I'm not the only one dealing with this. And the truth is, is that the promises of God are no different. 
Being reminded of the promises of God are no different. And sometimes there's this shame that builds up that I should remember the promises of God. Yeah, we probably should. And yet, because of the circumstances of life, the pain, different things we're walking through, oftentimes we need to be reminded of the promises of God. And it's okay. Because so did Moses and the Israelite people. In Exodus chapter 6, starting in verse 5, this is God speaking. He's starting out and he says, You can be sure that I have heard the groans of the people of Israel who are now slaves to the Egyptians. I am well aware of my covenant with them. I just love that security. Like, no, I've heard you. I'm, I'm aware of what's going on. It says, therefore, he's speaking to Moses. He says, therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. He says, I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. And says, then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. Verse 8, it says, and I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. See, seven times in three or in four verses, we see this phrase that I will. I will rescue you. I will free you. I will redeem you. I will claim you as my own. I will bring you up out of the oppression. I will give to you. I will be your God. And throughout scripture, we see this story of Exodus mentioned and talked about. And we see it through the lens of what God did. We see what God did. We see his faithfulness and how he did do what he said he was going to do. But in this moment, Moses had to hold on to the I will. Moses held on to God's I will. And many of us in this place are sitting in that moment. It's sitting in the I will of God. Sitting in the spoken promise of God. The, the I will. Wondering if God actually will. Wondering how many times am I going to have to go back to God? How many times am I going to have to go back to Pharaoh? How many times am I going to have to go back to these things before God's will turns into what God did? Sometimes we get tired of it. Pastor Ernest said a few weeks ago, he, he phrased it like this. He said, the best predictor of what God will do is what he's already done. The best predictor of what God will do is what he's already done. And some of us, we need to be reminded of these promises. Some of us were sitting here and were like, I, I, I don't even know what I need, but I need something. So I'm going to throw up a, a few different verses on the screen with, that are found in the word of God and a few different promises because some of us, we need to be reminded of the promises of God. This isn't all the promises. These are just some of them. So if you want, take a picture of the screen as they come up on there and be reminded of the promises. But in Philippians, it says that he will give you a peace that surpasses understanding. In Hebrews 13, it says that he will never leave you or forsake you. In 1 John, it says that he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Sins. In James, it says that he will, be, he will bring healing. In John, it says that he, will, or he has overcome the world. It says that he gives us eternal life. In Philippians 4, it says that he will provide for us. These are promises that we can hold on to. These are the I wills of God that we can hold on to. 
that we need to keep showing up and grasping in our lives to be reminded of the promises of God. I don't know what storm you're walking through. I don't know what's going on in your life. But continue to walk and to be reminded of the promises of God. Because the best way to stay faithful today is to look at what God has done in the past. And believe that it's the same for today. So how do we trust and believe God when our circumstances don't seem to line up with what he's saying? We have to be real with God. We have to be reminded of the promises of God. And lastly, we must walk in the promises of God. We've got to walk in the promises of God. See, walking in the promises of God is living a life as if we believe that God will do what he said he would do. It's living a life of faith that actually says, like, I don't see it, but I'm going to believe it. I can't see it now, but I'm going to hold on to it. There's a, a pastor named Pastor Tony Evans. Many of you may have heard of him. But he says it like this. He says, faith is acting like God is telling you the truth. I love that. It's so simple. But the truth is it's scary. Because Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. That means that I'm going to live as if God's word is going to come true. Like his promise is for me and is for today that he's going to do something amazing. And I may not have seen it yesterday, but I'm going to believe I'm going to see it today. And if I don't see it today, I'm going to believe tomorrow that I'm going to see it tomorrow. That I'm going to continue to hold on. I'm going to continue to walk. I'm going to continue to show up and believe that God is good and that he's going to move in my life. See, this is what we see Moses doing in this Exodus story. It would have been easy for Moses to say, <laughs> I tried. I went once and it didn't work out, so uh, things are bad, I'm out. But he took God at his word. In verse 9 it says, So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said to him. That's, that's a bold move. You've already spoken for God once and it didn't happen and now you're going to do it again. Yeah, Moses is going to do it again. And it says, but they refused to listen anymore. They'd become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. I'm wondering how many of us in this room, how many of us watching online are in this very same place where we've become too discouraged by the brutality of the circumstances of life. We become discouraged because the promise seems to get further and further every single day. Verse 10, it says, then the Lord said to Moses, he said, go back to Pharaoh. He said, go back to Pharaoh. You can imagine Moses saying, go back? Like, he's going to kill me this time. Look at everything that's happened. You want me to go back? He says, yeah. I want you to walk in faith. I want you to walk in the promises. I told you what I was going to do. Keep showing up. Keep showing up for you. Keep showing up for the people of Israel. He says, go back to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and tell him to let the people of Israel leave his country. These people weren't willing to listen to the trust or the promises of God. Or to Moses because of their circumstances, because they were discouraged, because of the pain, because of the hurt. And a lot of us are there in this moment. So we've talked about this series hub a lot in this series where we've talked about how we're putting together different resources to help us as we kind of go through these things. And one of the resources that we have on the series hub is a book called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. And the author has this statement in it. And for me, it paints a really good picture of where I currently am and it might for you, but it says this, that optimism is dashed by suffering 
And faith is often diminished by hardship. And then he continues and he says that because of our emotions and how emotions play a powerful part in our thinking, he says that we become increasingly negative in our thoughts when any kind of pain or circumstance goes on in our lives unabated. He says it's, it's understandable that when we walk through these things constantly without any shift or any change, yeah, we understand that our optimism is going to be dashed. We understand that faith is going to be diminished. And it's hard for us to walk in the promises of God when it seems like we're just walking through the fires of hell. And we're there. See, I don't want to act like my life hasn't been great. God has been so good to me. As a teenager, God saved me from drug addiction. I found hope and peace and calling in Jesus. Middle school, actually even younger, I was able to, to meet the girl who would become my wife, my best friend. We've been married for 13 years now. I've seen the blessing of God on our family with three amazing children that I get the honor to be their dad. We've been able to help start multiple churches here in Colorado, other parts of the US. We've seen the blessing of God. We've seen some amazing, amazing things happen. But if I'm being honest with you, the past two years of our lives, the past two years of our story has been brutal. It's been painful. It's made me question, it's made me doubt, it's made me angry. We've had multiple deaths in our family over the last two years that have shaken us to our core. We had our dream house taken from us that we thought we were gonna be able to raise our families in. We lived with in-laws for a year, which could be a blessing or a curse. A lot of other stuff happened. And in August of this last year, we saw God's faithfulness show up again. We were able to move into a new home, hopefully a forever home for our family. That is nothing short of a miracle. There's nothing short but a hand and a move of God. When we look at it, there's no other way, but this is God. And we're able to sit in that blessing and hold on to it. And then in the last two months, I've had the opportunity for that blessing to turn into some extremely big problems with the house that we've had to have fixed. And it might be really easy for us to get angry at God and say, God, why did you turn this blessing into what seems like a curse? Or God, why are you doing this and not doing this? Or God, why don't you move how I want you to move or how I expect you to move? It would be easy for us to allow our optimism, to allow our, our hope to be diminished. For us to sit in that place of just, this is terrible. This isn't working how I want. God, you're not doing what you said you would do. It would be very easy for us to sit. We have an opportunity, though, to not focus on the hardships, but to remember his goodness to remember his promises, to remember the moments where he has come through and shown himself faithful. The question is, am I gonna actually go and look at those? Am I gonna allow myself to be reminded of his faithfulness, of his goodness? See, the storms that you are wading through now 
are not proof of a lack of God's promises. The storms you are wading through now are a platform for God's promises to be shown in your life. But do we surrender ourselves in the midst of the storm to God's will and say, God, I might have misunderstood the promise. I might have misunderstood the maybe. But God, I believe that you're faithful. God, I believe that you're good. God, I believe that you want the best for me and my family. So God, show up. It might not be in my timing. It might not be in my understanding. It might not be the way that I want or the way that I'm hoping or the way that I'm praying. But God, I still believe that you're faithful. And so I'm going to walk in your promises. I'm going to walk in faithfulness, believing that while right now it's a, I will, but I'm believing for the day that I'm able to share it as a look what God did. I wanna encourage you today. Those of us that are in the room or watching online where we are in that place where, God, we need you to show up. God, we need you to move. Maybe you've been praying for a long time and it seems like how much longer can I take of this? We don't know how long it was from Moses' interaction at the burning bush to when the people of Israel were actually set free. We know it was a very long time. How do we know that? Because in the midst of that, there was a 12-month period, 12 months where 10 different plagues came and hit the country of Egypt. And for a year, I'm sure the people of Israel were crying, God, get us out of here. Moses crying, get us out of here. So I wanna encourage you, whether you've been praying for a day, a month, a year, or your entire life, the promises of God are faithful. Our God is faithful. He sees you, he hears you, he knows your pain. Keep showing up and keep seeking after him. Don't so easily forget what God has done because it seems like he isn't moving now. Continue to show up. Continue to seek him in his word. Continue to believe that what he's promised you will happen in his timing and in his plan. Don't give up, because what if your seeking happens tomorrow? What do you need in your marriage? What do you need in your finances? What do you need in your mental health? Maybe you've been praying forever and ever and ever. Don't stop, continue to pray. And we will pray with you, because we believe that God is gonna show up, that he's gonna move. So today, I wanna challenge you to remember what God has already done, and let it be the fuel to hold on for what you need today. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you that you are good. God, we thank you that you are faithful. And God, I pray for the ones today, God, who need a move of your spirit in a powerful way. We're walking through some of the most extreme brokenness and pain of life. Holy Spirit, meet us. God, where there's peace needed, bring peace. Where there's hope needed, bring hope. Where there's joy needed, bring joy. Where there's restoration and healing, bring those things. God, we trust and we believe that you can do it today. But even if you don't, 
we're still gonna show up. We're still gonna ask. We're still gonna seek. And most of all, God, we're still gonna trust that you are good. So God, speak to us. With every eye closed and head bowed, maybe you're in this room and there's a promise that you've been seeking. There's something you've been asking God to do and you haven't seen that promise fulfilled. I just, I want you to raise your hand just as a way for us to be able to pray with you. If you would be bold enough to just say, hey, I need God to move in some way. I'm weak and I need him. God, I thank you for the hands that are raised. God, I thank you for the stories that are represented by these raised hands. And God, I pray, Father, that you would move in power, that you would restore hope and joy and peace and strength. God, would you allow them to continue to show up in the face of the I will. God, we love you. God, we give you the next few moments. Continue to speak to us. In Jesus' name.